Hey folks, before we get started, I want to thank today's episode's sponsor, and that is the Libertarian Party. So the reality is, I get asked often, Brian, what's the best way we can actually advance liberty? And I give lots of answers. So well, you can be an activist, an entrepreneur, you can be in media, politics, whatever it may be. But what I decide to do is become a member of the largest pro-liberty party in the United States, the Libertarian Party. You know, I know, I started my show with the goals to what? Educate, enlighten, and inform. And really, the main focus is to advance the principles of liberty. The LP is the largest political party in America that, at its core principles, embraces the values of individual liberty, property rights, and non-aggression. The other two major parties have embraced tribal warfare versus principle debate. And it's time we stop feeding that beast and put our money where our mouths are. That means putting petty bickering and nonsensical arguments aside and actually advancing liberty. The LP, yes, like every political party, has its flaws. But instead of focusing on those flaws and tossing stones from the cheap seats, I say it's time we take personal responsibility, like we promote here on a regular basis, and take some responsibility in making the Libertarian Party the best party it can be. So, head over to lp.org forward slash Brian Nichols Show. It's all is one word, Brian Nichols Show. And you too can sign up to be a member of the largest pro-liberty party in the United States, lp.org forward slash Brian Nichols Show. If you're a member, great. Do your renewals here through the Brian Nichols Show link. If you're looking to get involved in the largest pro-liberty political party in the United States and make a change for your community and for our country, and hey, for the world, lp.org forward slash Brian Nichols Show. And now, on to the show. Brian Nichols, you're a great man with some great ideas, a great podcast. Do you see why he's my favorite libertarian people? <laughs> yes. He's full of common sense and wisdom. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. Today I'm joined by easily one of the best of the best, Matt Kibbe. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian. It's good to be with you. By the way, let me take a step back and say I love what you're doing. I love the conversational style, and it's a combination of good fun and serious ideas. I love the fact that your show's doing what it does, and, and this is how we win the future. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest-growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. There's so many things that we can do to make America freer and the world better and safer and more peaceful. Everybody has the responsibility of trying to help to do that. You know, what you're doing with your podcast is a perfect example of, you know, you're doing this as a labor of love and for the cause, and that is exactly what we have to have. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Happy Friday, you fantastic, fun-loving group of folks that are, yes, the most phenomenal audience in the world, the audience of The Brian Nichols Show. And yes, I am your humble host, Brian Nichols, and thank you so much for joining us on, yes, another fun-filled episode of The Brian Nichols Show. And you guys, if you are a first-time listener, you you picked a heck of an episode, and if you're a long-time listener... You're in store for another fantastic episode, as today I am joined by Gary Collins. Now, hey, have you found that life is a little stressful, or maybe a little more complicated than it needs to be, or do you feel like you're on this treadmill in life, going to nowhere, grinding in life each day and every day, thinking, there's something wrong with me for feeling this way about myself? Well, look no further than today's episode, as I'm joined by Gary, who is not only an Amazon best-selling author, 
a simple living advocate and educator, nutrition and health expert, adjunct college professor, and professional speaker, but most importantly, creator of the simple life. Gary spent almost a decade investigating our food and drug and healthcare systems and has a unique perspective into what is making Americans obese, stressed, and overall just ill. Today, Gary joins The Brian Nichols Show to discuss his two best-selling books, Off the Grid and The Simple Life, to share his story and to help others in pursuit of a better life. So listen as we discuss his background, his own venture into living off the grid and enjoying that simple life, and yes, his foolproof three-step plan to personal success. So with that, on to the show. Gary Collins from The Simple Life here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks for having me on, Brian. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Gary. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on, and uh, I, I, I had the, the pleasure of getting to, to hear you first and foremost on a friend of the show, Caleb Franz's uh, wonderful podcast, the Maliberty Podcast, which if you haven't had a chance yet, folks, to go and check out uh, Caleb's work over at Maliberty, he's doing a fantastic work, not only from a podcast perspective, but also from the uh, the organization he's doing at the Maliberty Initiative, um, a lot of great work. Also, make sure you go ahead and check out the episode when Caleb was on here to discuss the Maliberty Initiative, but today... Um, Gary, I'm, I'm having you join the show because I got the chance to listen to you on, on Caleb, and I was thinking, you know what? Caleb did a really good job in getting a guest. I'm going to steal the guest, and uh, I'm, I'm going to ask him some of my own questions because I was really engaged with your interview with, with Caleb, primarily because I see what you're doing in The Simple Life, um, which we'll obviously dig into more in depth in the interview, but I'm seeing this idea of kind of getting off the grid, um, getting rid of the excessive uh, you know, fluff in life, really, getting rid of that kind of stuff and focusing more on the stuff that truly matters. And actually back about a, a month and a half or so ago, I had Tim Preuss from Straight No Chaser on my show, who really, that's what he's doing right now. He's going around America. He's meeting people all across the United States and, and asking them the fundamental question, well, what, what makes you happy? And um, it was a really exciting yeah. episode for me to, to, to talk to Tim to, to learn more about what he discovered. So I'll start off with you, Gary, kind of what, what makes people happy? And, uh, and with that, we'll kind of go into who you are and how you got to where you are today over at The Simple Life. Well, I think that's the problem is I don't think people know what makes them happy today. I think we're confused. I think we're so, so far down that uh, are on the treadmill for so long or the rat in the cage that I think people are lost. And it's, we'll talk about that a little more after I go over my background of what I talk about life purpose and how I think that's lost today and how we have to recapture it to gain happiness and a few other things. But for me, I'm a little odd bird. I, <laughs> I've quick, I'll give you the nitty gritty. Grew up in a very small town, very rural, um, very poor town, less than 1800 people. I live 20 miles, 25 miles from that town, less than hundred people. First kid to graduate from college in my family. Parents didn't put any pressure on me. I excelled at athletics, uh, did well in school, but had to work at it. I'm not gifted by any stretch, maybe touched, some people would say, <laughs> in a odd way. But I had to work for all this, you know, and and went to college, went from my little town to a college of 38,000 people on campus. So, you know, big eye-opener experience of the big world. But I grew up in the 70s. I'm older than people think. And so I grew up without cell phones, without even pagers. Pagers were new when I was in college, I think. You know, so there was no cable TV. Cable was kind of new. It came around later on. You know, computers were brand spanking new. There was no internet. So I grew up in a totally different age, but I also was, you know, I also lived through all the kind of technical, technological kind of you know, advances and so many things have happened. 
So did that, went to college, started out as a mechanical engineer. I was a math guy, got a uh, scholarship from Bank of America in mathematics, ironically today, considering how I look at the financial industry. Um, and yeah, I ended up having to work through college. So I couldn't, couldn't do engineering. It was just too hard. I wasn't that I wasn't a genius. I couldn't work 30 hours a week and get through mechanical engineering courses mm-hmm. at the same time. So I ended up going, looking through the catalog and I went, you know, this was sounded good, but now let me think about it. And I rolled through the whole catalog and I picked criminal justice. <laughs> I went, you know, I think that looks good. And uh, ended up being a criminal justice major, minored in health science and also uh, sociology. Ended up uh, graduating, going into the private sector for a little bit, and then went in the military and went in and enlisted because I'm a rocket scientist. I'm really bright in that sense. Considering I got accepted to the Naval Academy prep, prep school, turned it down, and now I'm an E3 with a college degree enlisted in the Navy. <laughs> it was good, though. All these were good lessons. Did, ended up being a cryptologist, uh, intel kind of field, and wanted to be a federal agent, got my master's degree at night. So I was in the Navy and had many 36 hour straight days, couldn't see straight, going to school, worked really hard, got out, went in the private sector again, ended up finally getting a job. Uh, Back then it took a long time, nothing was automated. So when you turned in your application to the federal government, we used to call it uh, right stack, wrong wrong stack. (laughs) You (laughs) hoped you got in the right stack. And you hope that the the person processing them that day wasn't really pissed off because they were known to shred applications. And I knew <laughs> this firsthand once I got into the government how hiring really worked. We used to call it just – it was just pure luck sometimes. It just right day, right place, right stack. Right. And uh, took a couple years. Uh, got, got Ended up in the U.S. State Department Diplomatic Security Service, traveled all over the world, uh, terrorist investigations, visa passport fraud, all kinds of good stuff. Um, worked on the border for a while. And then from there, ended up transferring in the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, then went to the Food and Drug Administration. So I went from more military traditional law enforcement to white collar. And it was just an eye opener. I mean, I got to see so many different facets of how dysfunctional the government was, basically. (laughs) And so I ended up uh, long, a lot of things had to happen, but I'd spent half my life working for the government by the time I left between state uh, county, federal, just burned out, just had had enough, realized I wasn't making a difference, that I was ir- easily replaceable. No one really cared. And, you know, kind of come to that point in your life. And a lot of us, if you, I'm sure you've had numerous people on, on the government and talk to them. You kind of you always get to that point of going, are we doing any good? Yep. And it's hard for a guy like me, especially someone who's so patriotic and given so much to my country and I believe in my country, it's, it's a rough road. And we all kind of go through this weird transition in life of what have I done? Did I, did I actually do the right thing? And I don't mean in a, I mean, in a big sense, as far as life choices, the whole bit, you know, did I just waste half my life? And so I was pretty broken up, had a lot of injuries, had to go through, you know, multiple surgeries when I left, sold my house for a loss, massive loss. (laughs) It had to basically restart my life. And I ended up selling most of my possessions. I had a house in San Diego. When I take take a hit, I mean, I took a $250,000 hit. Cashed on, lost. And hard-earned cash. That was money I'd made 
you know, we called it blood money in the state department when we did all the overtime and travel overseas and protection and just a bummer, right? Oh, it's a huge bummer. uh, Oh, well, the thing was, you know, I came to that crossroads where a lot of people come to of, do I hold on to this and let it drag me down or do I cut my losses and I'm all, I've never been laid on a bill in my life. What do I do? You know, but yeah. Just reality, a friend had to sit me down and go, dude, suck your pride up and be done with it. You're, <laughs> you're being an idiot. And I go, you know what? <laughs> you're right. I'm paying for this. And honestly, the bank really screwed me. I put 20% down. I remodeled the house. I did everything right. I did everything right. And I got caught in the housing bubble. And I asked for you know a year, if you could give me a year to get back on my feet, told them, hey, my health is an issue. They just said, sell your car and make your car pay- or make your house payment. And I went, oh. That's how we're going to play it. And it was GMAC, go figure, finance, which is defunct now. (laughs) I I, I had some colorful words for the lady, to say the least. And I went, all right, served my country, did everything. And your attitude is, well, let's let's squeeze some more blood out of this guy. Let's get the last drops we can. I went, no, no, we're not going to do it that way. And so I ended up just selling it. I, I short sold it, got rid of it, dumped it. And sold everything, sold all my, most of my belongings in about 48 hours on Craigslist and just literally people came up with utility trailers and we filled it up. I said, make your best offer. It's wow. if you want it worse, I'm selling it. I mean, ceiling fans sold my blinds to my neighbor. I sold everything, everything I could without not, you know, I didn't you know, pull toilets out or anything, stupid <laughs> like that. but everything that you could sell and it's all stuff that I'd put into the house. I said, right. The bank's not getting it. Even though they didn't, they may, ended up actually making money on my short sale. So technically, it wasn't even a short sale. <laughs> no kidding. So, ironically, yeah, go figure. They got me on the front end and the back end. Perfect for them. And so I just started over. I moved into a rental out in the sticks a little bit in San Diego and reduced my debt or my monthly debt load by two thirds and said, you know what? I'm not, this American dream stuff ain't working out. I've done everything they told me to do. I've lived good. I've saved. I've scraped. And said, so now for me, I'm going to do things on my own terms. And so I started a health business. And because I'd learned so much at the FDA and U.S. Department of Health and Human Services that I went, people are missing the boat. I mean, we're getting a lot of bad information. So, and I was always an athlete, health guy, and realized I was doing most of it wrong. And so re kind of invented myself. And then taught other people, got another degree in exercise science and started that and basically was training high-end athletes, guys who were trying to get into major colleges, had a kid go to Purdue, had a kid go to Kansas State, play football. Any names we had known? (laughs) No, they, they, one kid, I think graduated last year. The other kid ended up transferring during, uh, from Purdue. Um, his dad, these were all pro football players where this came from. And gotcha. his dad was a professional football player. I was going to say, guy, it's, we're, we're waiting to like hear you like you trained Aaron Donald or something like that for the Rams or, or what have you. <laughs> no, no, no luck. I, I played against uh, uh, Rashid Salam and some other people who made it in the NFL. But no, 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 no one ended up famous, unfortunately for me. They're all good kids, though. Um, really smart kids, really had their act together. So football wasn't, you know, it, it, they wanted to play, but it was one of those they would do just fine without it. Oh, yeah. Kind of thing. So I really enjoyed working with them and their parents and family. So I was doing that, working with private clients and stuff, wrote a couple books, a marketing guy said, Hey, 
turn this into books, all this stuff you teach your clients, you've written it all down, you give them these handouts. So I did it, threw it out there, um, got picked up in the podcast circuit of all things. I wrote an article on, um, God, this is getting long-winded, but uh, I'll speed it <laughs> No, no, please, no, please keep going. Um, and, and wrote an article in a podcast, Major Survivalist Podcast, saw my rebuttal to this dumb, dumb article. And I said, no one would take this person on because they were afraid. And I went, no, 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 you're being an idiot. And I'm going to call you out on it. And so I did. I don't do that stuff anymore. Try not to. And he liked it. He picked it up and goes, you know, says, hey, you have a lot of knowledge. We became friends. I ended up being the health guy, primal paleo health guy for this podcast. I still am to this day. This has been several years now. And, you know, had me on as regular guest was, you know, have my own supplement line and just helping people the best way I knew how to pay, you know, chasing my passion this whole time. I'm becoming debt free, got rid of, you know, downsized some more, bought a small travel trailer to move into eventually four years after this transit moved into the travel trailer. Well, I had this dream of living more remotely, living in the mountains. Again, I grew up in the mountains and I'd hatched this plan probably a decade prior, you know, it started and, uh, I just, a friend got killed in a training accident. And I went, you know what? I'm done. I got, if I, I got to do this today, I've been putting this stuff off. So I went up into Washington. I'd been through Washington quite a bit, spent a lot of time up here, had a girlfriend up by where I live now and fell in love with it and bought 20 acres, found a great lot, cheap, paid 22 grand for 20 acres. It's on the top of a mountain. It's brutal <laughs> as far as, you know, no hard to get in, hard to get out. Right. Four wheel drive in the summer. And I love it. So I went on this podcast today. He goes, what are you up to? I'm like, I just bought 20 acres. I'm going to build a house off the grid. And I'm like, what? Casual. Whole Very casual. Yeah. Well, I, it was a life choice. I wasn't planning on really telling anyone about it. I just wanted to do it. It was my personal life and got a ton of emails. And I literally had just started the project. I just started building the road in on a backside of the mountain and uh, went, oh God, my, I think my next book idea is kind of here. And so I documented it, uh, did some videos, you know, wrote some blog posts, just documented the whole thing, ended up publishing a book called Going Off the Grid. It took off and not right away. It was a slow roller. I, I'm terrible at book launches. I actually had a book go live today, this morning. <laughs> well, there you go. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It, it had a couple snafus. They always do. Um, but I'm a long-termer. I don't care too much about book launches. So I put it out there on, I self-published, did all this on my own. Uh, and like I said, it just kept picking up steam and kept going and kept going. And finally a distributor found me and he goes, Hey, we'd like to publish this book. I said, no. And he goes, well, how about we distribute it? And I go, okay, shoot me the contract. I almost actually deleted his email because I thought it was a quack. And we, we were good friends to this day, but that started this different journey. So everything in my life has kind of happened I wouldn't, I wouldn't say completely by luck, but what, what's that John Wooden famous quote of, uh, oh, luck is where, where practice is it practice and perseverance meet something. I'm oh, butchering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're close Somewhere. enough. <laughs> yeah. Big John, big UCLA fan, John Wooden fan. I should know it. And, and so, you know, it took off and I went, Oh God, I'm a health guy. My website's health. Now that's going off the grid thing. Everything's getting a little confusing even to me. Well, what I realized is I was on a path of life simplification. I was returning to my roots. 
I was going back to the things that made me the happiest and growing up being poor, not having a whole lot. And you know what we didn't know? And none of us knew we were really poor because we were all poor. <laughs> you know, when you're around a bunch of poor kids, you don't know it. You're just kids. You're just having a good time. Um, yep. you know, there's some rough times. We a little hard here and there, but I was saying, no matter how hard you have it, someone else has it a lot harder. So stop whining, you know? And, and so, yeah, just kind of went, Oh God, I better figure this out. And kind of was figuring out the direction of business, but I was also building this house. And so I put the business on the back burner to get this house done. I was teaching, ran a health company, doing whatever I could to pay bills and get the money together. Cause there's no financing in building a house off the grid for all those people <laughs> right. out there who think you're going to go to your local bank and they're going to give you $300,000 to go build a house off the grid. Ain't going to happen. You're going to pay cash for everything. That's how it works. And so, you know, it took me a couple years, finally got caught up. And I, like I said, I realized talking to another guy and I was writing the RV book and I was on uh, George Norrie coast to coast for going off the grid. He was really interested in that book. And I said, Hey, I'm doing this RV living book. I'm, I'm writing it right now. It's pretty close to being done. He goes, Oh wow, that sounds really cool. And I go, Oh yeah. He goes, where'd you come with that? Idea? I go, Oh, I do it. I've been doing it for years. I live in my RV. So I transitioned from that rental into my RV and a small one and nothing glorious. I think I paid $9,000 for it. And yeah, so it ventured off. And next thing you know, I'm writing, created the simple life. The RV book was the first book in the simple life. And it's gone from there. Now I just published book four in the simple life. I've published two other books in the off the grid series, one done by mother earth news, uh, traditionally published and another one called living off the grid, which is the post to my book called going off the grid. Cause that was while I was doing it. And yeah, I just, the business evolved into this. Uh, I'm primarily an author, but I'm going into some other things. Podcast is coming in the next couple days, uh, getting ready to do some online courses to teach everything even further. But what I'm doing is I just put together the pieces of what I'm doing. I'm just teaching what I'm living and where I'm trying to pursue it. And everything is based on freedom. Hmm, you know, there we go. Had, yeah, people, exact people would long wanted to get freedom, but people would ask me, go, why are you prepping? Why are you doing all this for? I go, I'm not doing that. I go, this is all about freedom. Yep. This is me living the life I want, not what I've been told because that didn't work. Yep. I think you'd actually get along very well with uh, Congressman Thomas Massey. I'm not sure if you're too familiar with him, but um, very, yeah, very similar. I think we follow each other on Twitter. I don't oh, use Twitter, but I think he's on there somewhere. <laughs> it's funny because like Congressman Massey, this is kind of his shtick. He, he is easily one of the most staunch libertarian and I'll say Republican uh, congressmen in, in the House. And yet he probably is single-handedly the most environmentally conscious because he, he pretty much has everything that he needs at his home that he has basically made himself to be off the grid, self-sufficient from the, the way his water is heated, the, the way he's collecting the electricity, using the Tesla batteries to store it, you know, having the, the food source of all of his chickens and his, his cows and, and everything he does at his, his home is all with the intention of trying to be off the grid for the, the sole fact that he's not beholden to some alternative force, be it a government or, or likewise. 
And I think we're starting to see more and more of what you're, you're speaking to is this, this desire to get away from this nine to five, you know, pushing papers on the desk, trying to, to make it through the day. Just again, like you said earlier, like running on a treadmill and never getting off. People are looking for a, a way to get away from the, the, the norm. And I think, you know, as you go to like DIY or HGTV, you're going to find all these living off the grid shows or, you know, building in Alaska or what have you. But I think there's a really strong desire for people to, to explore those alternatives. And I guess, you know, yours was kind of more along the lines of you're facing some tougher times, but it sounds like it's turned from being a not so conscious decision to, to go off the grid, but it's turned into something that really has, has really helped you get to where you are and it helped you find yourself along the way. Cause I know we talked beforehand, you mentioned you kind of found yourself more on the left side of politics, but working not only in the government, but also just like in your, your personal views. So kind of walk through, if you could, Gary, what was it like oh. to see your, your politics transition from, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was talking about you, your politics being more left-leaning, correct? Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I misunderstood. I thought you were saying your politics were left-leaning. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, I, I thought I read something that you used to be more on the left side oh. and became a libertarian. I, I've always been a middle of the road guy. I voted, okay. My first vote was for Ross Perot, my oh, first well, ever go. vote. So I've always thought of things very differently, and I've never been a big fan of two political parties. And the fact that I was on the inside, I did a lot of protection. I've stood, right. I stood next to Anthony Weiner and listened to his idiocracy when he was a junior congressman out in front of the UN. I knew the guy was an idiot from day one because <laughs> I listened to the guy talk in an informal format and I walked away from the guy went, there's something wrong with this guy. And I was around all these people and left or right, it did not matter. I realized we were nothing but tools in, right. in their yep. game. And, and for me, I always, you know, I might have tended to lean a little more right because I was, you know, law enforcement, military, but I always believed in, you know, middle of the road, some you lean a little right here, lean a little left on these issues. That's where most of us lie, right? And and today we're so polarized. I actually wrote a whole chapter about political tribalism in my decluttering your life book. Yeah, not decluttering your house, decluttering <laughs> your, your life. life yes. That's the problem. And what I everything I teach is based upon on a three-legged stool. It's about uh finding and it's this is the tough one. I call them the elephants in the room, right? Your health. We are losing the health battle in this country, not by a little bit, by a lot, because we like oh, to yeah. be number one. Oh, we're the most obese country in the world by far. <laughs> we, we are totally number one, hands down on that one. We've got it. And if you take a look around, it's bad. I mean, it's almost to the point of I'm about ready to throw in town and say we can't recover from this. We're going to bankrupt the healthcare system because people are so unhealthy. And not only that, you throw in unhealthy and unhappy. That's a recipe for disaster, and we're already seeing it with mm -hmm. mass, these mass shootings. Even though the odds of you experiencing one, you probably have a better chance of getting struck by lightning. But it's not to not to throw a, a, a negative light on that or kind of brush right over it. Right, that's a problem, and we need to fix that. Nobody wants but, to, though. I mean, honestly, and like to that no. point right there, that's, I think that's a huge part that a lot of people don't seem to address is that when we're watching these mass shootings happen, I think the, the instinctual reaction is to go to, well, it's the guns. The guns are the bad thing. Um, you know, you, we need to just get removed the guns instead of looking at, you know, what's causing the action. I mean, you look back to, not even 50 years ago, guns have always been a prevalent part of American society. Like, that's just a reality. That's what we were founded upon, even back at our founding, back in the 1700s. And to, to yeah. assume that just because 
the guns have been around, they've gotten stronger, makes them more dangerous, and they're being used more frequently. I mean, that just is statistically not shown by the data. But what has been shown is that the people who are using these guns tend to be either, you know, they're, they're, they're males, they tend to be white, they have no father figure in the home, and they have no sense of purpose. Um, and, and they, yep. in almost every single case, red flags are all over the place, and they're often missed. Um, so... I think you're 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 hitting the nail on the head when it comes to there's a, a very fundamental lack of worth of self-worth but also of purpose of what am I doing that's providing to the not only to you know, my greater community or my family even but to society as a whole when when people look back at the history books what are they going to say you know when they look at my name and I think that's where we're seeing a lot of you know, especially in the cases of these mass shootings these these lonely white guys who have had no real father figure in their lives, they've had no structure, and they've had no real guidance, they don't have that that sense of self-worth, and they don't have a sense of purpose, and in their minds, as they go online to the, you know, the, the, the 4chans of the world, and they get this this group of guys on, online that they become friends and almost like family with, and they're, they're getting fed this mindset that if I do this horrific thing, I will be notarized. I, I will be someone that will be in the history books and people will look up to me who also have been facing the same struggles that I have. And it's leading to this just detrimental society where we're, we're not taking these people under our wing and trying to help them, but instead just say, ex- excoriating them saying, oh, you're, 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 you're basement dwellers, go do your thing. And, and then we, you know, months, years later, it swelters back up where they're doing something absolutely horrific. So what do you think we can do, Gary, to help well, get a sense of purpose back to, you know, not only these these people who desperately need it, but just as a society where we desperately need some sense of, you know, not, I don't say collective, but just like this this mindset that we're in this together and we have to stop demonizing one another and actually do things that are for the greater purpose just across the board for humanity. Well, and that's why I teach the three-legged stool. So the health part, people go, what's that have to do with anything? And I tell them, first of all, everything. I go, you're ignoring the main thing in your life that you should be focusing on right now. And not only that, but it's the easiest to change. But with, you know, big pharma, big food industry, I I always say this. My my famous saying is there's no money in healthy people. I've been in there. I worked on the inside of the biggest health agency in the country. (laughs) I saw it firsthand. The pharmaceutical companies, your health is so far down the list on their priorities. It's probably not even on the first five pages. I mean, it's off the radar and for people today in order to these are all about gaining your freedom back and i'll explain that Mm -hmm. a little more but your health obviously directly affects your cognitive function your mood level your energy levels your ability to relate to others communication skills it's all there it's all there and you need to fix your health and i i just had a little go back and forth between someone on email who was asking for me to hold their hand and i told them no i said figure it out I gave you all the information, figured out if he would have asked to hire me and I've done this more than once, I would have said no. To <laughs> consult, I would have said, nope, I'm not going to take your money. You need to figure it out. When you figure it out, come back because you're asking you're asking me to do it for you. Yep. And, and and that's what we're in stuck in today is where we want the the easy button and we want the the easy pill. It doesn't exist. Health is a priority based on you. And you putting in effort. I can't tell you all the intricacies of your health. I can give you a baseline of what works. You got to fine tune it from there. It's on you. You Amen. have to understand your body. And people don't even care. They're all, I don't want to know about that stuff. Why do I need to know health? Gee, I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> maybe because it's your life. I just throw that one out there. And so I teach that one first. Obviously, I'm a health guy, but because it's the most important, because once you get your health in order, and I've done this, I've watched the light come on, everything else starts to come together. So then I talk about, you know, you're getting your financial health together too. So finding financial freedom, being debt free, getting out of the system, getting out of perpetual debt. The system has been geared and designed to keep you in perpetual debt. That is how it picks at the carcass. That's how the rich get richer. That's how the government gets bigger. That's how it all, that's why we're here today. Yep. So you need to take that control back. The only way you can do it is to be debt free and not live on credit. And people are like, huh. And I go, trust <laughs> me, I own my house. I own my truck. I own my RV. I can live off minimum wage. No problem. No problem at all. I live my life easy. You want to take stress out of your life, do that. You know, I don't worry about paying my bills. I can pay my bills no matter what. And then obviously finding your life purpose. And I always use that last, which people wonder about, but I go, you have to take this progression. I want you to be thinking about life purpose while you're making these, these transitions, but you need to focus on these transitions and not try to find life purpose and get all on that. It's overwhelming, right? And life purpose is how I define it is you would do so, doing something that you would do no matter what, even if you didn't get paid <laughs> as easy Amen. as I can put it. Yep. Yeah. And, and we've lost that. I mean, we're, yes. we're a cubicle society, consumer economy. We have the only true consumer economy in the world, which will, what does that mean? It means that our country is based off perpetual economic growth, which is absolutely impossible in real world circumstances. You cannot have continuous economic growth without stagnation, without it flatlining, without a little bit of a dip. That's the natural way it goes. But we are we are basically addicted to greed in this country, all over the world, I think. We're, we're based on a, a funny money system worldwide. There is no money. And it's just, it's it's something, money today is backed by zero. <laughs> the only reason it has value is because we say it has value, basically. And that's where we're at. And by doing these things and finding your, your life purpose, what happens is you take the power from the entities that have taken it from you. Humans are meant to be free. If there's one thing humans are born with inherently, it's freedom, free will. We have that. We have allowed entities and government systems to take it away from us, and we've done it willingly. So how those are the three things. Once you take those back, now you've taken the big pieces of control in our society and you've given it back to yourself. And I look at money differently because people think money kind of, you know, in our worlds, they associate it with greed all the time. I say, no, 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 no. Money equals freedom. You have to look at it differently. When I go and spend money on something I don't need, I'm actually taking freedom away from myself. And I'm returning it back to the big business financial institutions. I'm, I'm giving it to them every time I do something like that. So the more money you have or the more money you can obtain, the more potential freedom you have. The more freedom you have, the less money it takes to maintain that freedom. Make sense? Oh, that's interesting when I think about it. Yeah, it's it's a little rhetorical. Uh, maybe me and Socrates could get back together. <laughs> but it's it's based on principle, like I said, of freedom and returning the power back to the people. That's what I'm teaching. 
but I'm teaching it in a self-help way. So I think I'm being a little unique with it. And people understand once they dig into me a little bit, they go, oh, this is a self-help guy that actually does all this stuff. <laughs> oh, imagine <laughs> that. That is insane to me because I follow some people and I go, this guy has no background in any of this. None of it. They're just regurgitating other information. That's all they're doing. Yep. I live and breathe everything I teach. And I'm not, I'm not a life clairvoyant. I'm not the expert to end all experts. I'm just teaching what I have learned. That's it. Take it for what you will. And my goal in my books, because I write them short, sweet, concise, is I want you to implement what I'm teaching and teach it to other people. That's the only way we're going to change this micro to macro, you know, and people get in these long heated debates about the government and how, how we need to change it. I hate to tell people that 800 pound gorillas out of the cage and it ain't coming back. We're not getting that gorilla back in with a, with a 50 caliber. It's out. Oh yeah. The only way you can do it is you have to take personal responsibility for the things mm -hmm. you are doing that are inhibiting your freedom. It's funny because you, you, you're, you're actually very similar in terms of the, the approach you have to a, to a friend of the show, Jason Stapleton. Um, now, Jason, he started his show. It was the Jason Stapleton program, and it was entirely focused on politics. And about, mm -hmm. I'd say this time last year, he kind of went through this rebranding, and he turned it into Wealth, Power, and Influence with Jason Stapleton. And the, the real focus of the show shifted from being about politics to uh, wealth, how you accumulate it, and then you, how you can use it to not only help promote your ideals, but also to really be financially secure. And and that's really just my time listening to Jason to hear that kind of transition and to hear very similar echoing back and forth between both yourself and what Jason's promoting at his show is really it comes down to the same thing: personal responsibility, you know, getting your life in order, your health, your and then going to financial freedom. You know, whether it's trying to to make more money, make yourself the most in, you know indispensable person at your company or what have you, and then finding that purpose. I mean, that it's very similar to the message that Jason's pr promoting, but you're doing it much more from, I think, um, you know, the, the individualistic standpoint and just the small, tiny things we can do on a day-to-day -day basis that then turn to big things. Um, I mean, I, I for myself, yeah. I used to weigh 385 pounds. I was huge. Um, and I went through pretty much an entire you know, life change where I ended up dropping you know 180 pounds just because I realized that, that I, I was unhealthy and I knew I wasn't on a path to, you know, positive positivity just in general. Like I, I was going to be short living my, my really hopefully long and, and happy life because my heart was going to give out. Um, so like things like that. And once you get your health in order, I think that's the, the most important pillar you mentioned is because once you get your health in order, it does open up so many more doors and so many more avenues that you can explore, be it um, the, the, the physical aspect, but also the, the truly it, it does coincide with financial aspect. And I know it sounds a little, you know, cliche to say, but people do judge. And that's just one of the realities of our world is, you know, when you're a heavier set person or, or you're not in that, that kind of status quo of what we consider to be a healthy looking person, you, you might not have the opportunities that other people would have. So you, you are putting yourself at a, a, this distinct advantage when you're taking your health in consideration because it does allow you to do more things, be it applying for different jobs that require that face-to-face -face connection that somebody of larger stature wouldn't be able to necessarily do as well, not because they couldn't do the job, but because the perception of them from the other side of the table isn't as positive. So I think just when we get to the realities of how our world works, what you've lined up being the, the health, financial freedom, and finding life's purpose those not only are, are super important for an individual to be successful, but 
I mean, I know for myself, just kind of walking through them in, in my own mind, I can kind of see, you know, how I've taken that path to, you know, getting health better, trying to get your finances in order, and then trying to find out what you like to do. What would you do, like you said, that you would do for free, regardless if you were, you know, getting paid or not? Like, that that's that's something I think we all need to try and figure out. So I guess, we'll because we're already getting short in time, which kind of caught me off guard, because we're already at 35 minutes. Um, but what would you say, Gary, to someone out there who just, they, they're, they're listless, and they're looking for that spark to kind of give them a little bit of energy and just rejuvenate their life, kind of get them back on track, what would be a good starting step for them to, to find themselves and, and hopefully get their lives turned around? Sure. And first of Jason Stapleton, I need to have a talk with him because I think he's been stealing all my material. I'm joking. <laughs> I it's funny though. You're right. Um, we have found similar paths. Jason focuses more on the business side um, and he's great at it. And and mm-hmm. I'm, I listen to his show as well. And I know he reads all my books. Um, just kidding. Um, but no, it's it's interesting to see that two people. Um, we both have military backgrounds. He worked in the. I think he worked in prisons for a while too. Yep. And, and it's interesting. I'm more of a a little more of a holistic guy, you know, because I do have an extensive health background. You know, I have an extensive. You know, I live off grid. I've lived in my RV. I've, I've run my business remotely. I've run it out of my RV. I've written many of my books in my RV. So yeah, we're a little different. I like, but I look at us as a team. You know, I don't look at Jason as mm-hmm. competition or anyone like that. I, I look at it as we're all trying to do the same thing. Hundred percent. And that's what we need to do. You know, it's it's not going to be one of us that's going to do it. It's going to be many of us who do this. Has and to be honestly, right? <laughs> has to be. Has to be. We got to get rid of that, uh, you know, competition mentality in it. And I'm very competitive. You know, when I played sports, I didn't want to beat you. I wanted you to quit the game and never, ever play it again. That's how competitive <laughs> I was. So it's been a, a metamorphosis for me, too, uh, of understanding that we're in this together. I run a business, but it's a business of passion. It's a business of right. change. So it changes how you look at, you know, competitors and other people. I look at them as friends. I look at them as co-conspirators in a way, you know, we're all trying to put our pinch of positive in the positive change pie is what we're doing. It's a big pie. There's Mm. plenty of pie for all of us. Um, If I was going to give people a a starting block, it it is health. And here's why I wrote an entire chapter in my new book, which is called the simple guide uh, to financial freedom. And it's a different book. I like to write things a little differently. It is not based on investing. I look at all of our personal decisions with money that we make through our life that the system is set up and how it takes a piece of us each step of the way. And it's just a chunk here, a chunk there. And what it does is it gets us on this road of debt. The whole thing is to get you in debt, right? Well, health's a big part of it. And most people kind of gloss right over that one. I go, it's much, much cheaper to be healthy. And here's how, because the argument I always get with clients is, oh, I can't afford that healthy food. It's just so expensive. This and that, and I, I've ran a cost analysis <laughs> with them and I prove them wrong every single time. I've mm-hmm. never lost this bet. I go, here's our bet. You go drive to the your favorite fast food restaurant. I'm going to go home because I already have my food. It's already in the refrigerator. It's already there. I've already bought it for the week. I'm going to prepare a 100% organic, healthy meal. And you go get your food, pay for it, tell me how long it takes you to get there, how much gas you spent, get home, and then we're going to compare notes on whose meal was more expensive. 
and who's took more time. All my dishes done, everything. I've won every bet. I've never <laughs> lost that bet. And even people who go to McDonald's, I go, nope, it's still cheaper. And not only monetarily is it cheaper in that short piece, the overall length of your health, you're going to more likely live longer. We can't, I can't say that with 100% certainty, but statistically, you will live longer and you will live healthier. You will have better years. It's no good to live to 80 if the last 25 years of your life were pooping in a diaper and taking five prescription drugs to try and stop the pooping in the diaper, <laughs> which it inherently makes worse, right? Right. Every I laugh. I would say every prescription, two side effects are you either go blind or poop your pants or both, <laughs> it seems like. You know, it seems like there's something always in there. And, and for that, to change health, it's something that you can do right now. Like literally, you can go – into your kitchen, prepare a better meal, start getting rid of the bad foods you have. You can start this second. It's on you and you can change it right now. Now the initial cost to get, to get rid of your crappy food and to buy new food, there's a little cost associated with that, but it's not like thousands of dollars, you know, a couple hundred right. bucks, you know, and you're going to get that money back. And I always tell people too, I go, here's the thing. I may not be the smartest guy in the world, but I'm a healthy guy and I'll outwork you every day of the week. I'm up at 5.30 every morning. I get it on. I get to work. I work out. I get through my day. You know, heck, I've published four books already this year. This is my year of uh, – I dedicated to one year of working on the company without any vacations, breaks or anything. And that's an interesting one for a guy in the simple life too because people, hmm. that doesn't sound very simple. And right. I, I love what I do. <laughs> this isn't as painful as you would think it to be. I'm not going to do it again, <laughs> but I, it's not nearly as bad as if you told mm -hmm. me, Gary, you got to work nine to five in a cubicle, punching widgets or, you know, you know, doing uh, what was it? Uh, uh, reports every day. That would be <laughs> a slow death for me. It's for been sure. so long since you've done it that you completely forgot what they're called. I've, I don't even if you sit <laughs> in a cubicle, I wouldn't even know what to do. I'd be like, I don't know. I'd probably pass out and you'd have to come resuscitate me. But <laughs> you know what I mean? The health part is essential. The only reason I give a lot of, a lot of the, I guess, credit to what I'm doing and how I've been able to progress in my business and my model and my life to my health. Without my health, this would not be possible. I would not be here today, hands down, undeniably. And people go, well, Gary, I have health conditions. Do you? Let's, let's take a deeper look at this. <laughs> are those health conditions, are you going to tell me you have type 2 diabetes? Because that's lifestyle. That's not genetic. And they go, what do you mean? I go, type 1 is genetic. Type 2 is not. And they're all, oh. you know, like you just deflated their balloon. That's the excuse balloon, yeah. It's the excuse balloon, and health is the best one. You will hear some of the most ridiculous excuses you've ever heard if you work with clients one-on-one. -on -one. I've Truth. heard them all. And so with that, I tell people, stop the excuses and get a plan in action. I wrote a health book. I've written a couple. They're very basic, and people go, well, it can't be that easy. I go, actually, it is. They're, again, I'm an enemy of the health world because I teach you how to be healthy without making people rich. That's the key. Getting healthy does not cost a lot of money. What it does is it takes dedication and a different focus of life. Yep. That's what it takes. People think I sit around measuring food all day, 
you know, counting calories, going <laughs> no. to 15 exercise, you know, classes. Not how it works. People would be shocked if they saw how I live my life. They'd be like, it's autopilot. It's just part <laughs> of my life. I don't even put any time in it. So, yeah, that's where yeah. I would start. Awesome. Well, listen, Gary, I, I'm I'm floored because that was a, a fantastic conversation. And I really think this is an episode people can take away. And it, it was overtly non-political, which um, I personally enjoy because in a world where politics seems to be happening, you know, 24-7 in our lives on a daily basis, it, it's nice to have something that's a refreshing take. And, and really, it gives optimism to think that there is... There, there is a chance for people who maybe feel that they are in this rut to to find some other alternative means to give them some sense of purpose. And you really, you've outlined how easy it is. So um, for folks who want to get more involved, not only in, in bettering their own lives, but maybe they want to follow the guides that you've laid out, where can people go ahead and find you online? And uh, number one, get in touch with you, but also number two, find some of the the great work you've been doing over there at The Simple Life. Yeah, all my books are on Amazon. Just look for Gary Collins. Um, the the Simple Life, Going Off the Grid, all my books will pop up and buy a lot of them. Um, they're <laughs> actually, a lot of my philosophies in them. I mean, it's it's all there. But my website is thesimplelifenow.com. Do not go to thesimplelife.com. You'll end up at Nicole Ritchie and Paris Hilton's website, I believe. <laughs> Did not, didn't realize that when I bought my domain. Some people have gone there and they go, Gary, you, yeah, there's two girls there. I went, nope, that's Surprise. the website. That's Surprise, the marketing. That's yeah. the marketing right there. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the easiest ways to get – I don't do social media um, really. I, I use Pinterest here and there. I don't use Facebook at all. haven't for a long time for the business, anything. So to stay in touch, go to the Simple Life Now forward slash better life. That's where you sign up. I do all my updates. That's where I – you know, the podcast, the new when the new episode's out, it's called Your Better Life. That comes out September 9th. And that's going to be on a whole host of subjects. Uh, your buddy Caleb's been on uh, great interviews. Uh, there's been some really, really interesting interviews. And the, the rule is there are no rules. If it betters your life and <laughs> makes you a better person, I'll cover it on the podcast. Love it. Awesome. Well, Gary, I, I definitely think that this is the, the start of a series of many other conversations with you because I think you and I are very similar in the way that we approach how to better our society. So I definitely am looking forward to future conversations with you to really dig into that a little bit more in depth um, and really kind of walk through all the different works you're doing in the different facets of life and, and how we can really bring the ideas and concepts of freedom, both personally, financially, and so forth. Just bring it to the forefront and say this is the the answer to a lot of our world's problems. So Gary, I, I, again, thank you so much for taking some time out of the, again, I know you're, you're off the grid, but you're still busy. You're a very busy guy. So I do appreciate that. Um, and I'll make sure obviously to include all the links that you've described here, uh, in the show notes so that people can easily go ahead and find you. Oh, th- I really appreciate you having me on. And you know what? I love doing this. So <laughs> trust me. Uh, and people wonder a little quick, People go, he's on the internet. How's he up to it? I use a, a hotspot. I, I've been using a hotspot for years. I'm not attached to any public utilities. So still have to <laughs> run a business. We can talk about that sometime. You for still sure. Gotta, you still got to bring in money. Living off the grid doesn't mean people send you, you know, Checks boxes for fun. of money. So yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, Gary, I appreciate your time again. And folks, if you want to go ahead and uh, learn more about Gary Collins, 
Obviously, again, I'm going to include the links to the thesimplelifenow.com, um, but also you can go ahead and uh, find me over on social media at B. Nichols Liberty on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, and folks, again, this is one of those fun-filled episodes to share with family and friends. Again, non-political, uh, which I really do enjoy, so make sure you share that with at least five family and friends. That's my goal for you this week. Um, but as always, folks, it's a blast having you here. Join us for The Brian Nichols Show. Signing off for Gary Collins from The Simple Life. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.